Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. God's so good. I, I love to see what he's doing with the kids here in the community, with the youth. I know you guys uh, had a great lead last week. Nicole was sharing, and I heard great, great feedback from the message she gave. People were getting freedom in their hearts. Incredible things are happening. I heard the kids shared, the, the youth shared some incredible testimonies. It's awesome. Todd Castleberry's back from Arizona. It's good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you. Carmel drives from UCLA. It's good to see you. This is just awesome. I love that we get to be a family together. How many of you guys is your first time here? Just wave at me. Wow, that's a lot of folks. Bless you guys so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Really honored to have you. Really honored to share in Christ with you. It's amazing. Uh, we tell people most of the time, we say, you might not know if you're home on the first date, so come a few weeks, check us out. It's different every time. We're still learning. We're still growing together. It's incredible what God's doing, though. We're watching them do incredible miracles every single week. Uh, we had a circle up time and prayed before the service. I'm gonna move this a little bit more. Just circle up time and uh, prayed before the service. People were sharing amazing testimonies. Uh, Pastor Jesse shared this cool testimony. They're doing a garage sale at his house. Jesse just got a house. Did he tell you guys that? That's kind of a big deal. That's kind of a big deal to own a house in Costa Mesa. That's amazing. That's, if you want that, celebrate that, you know? He was sharing, though, they did, a, uh, they did a garage sale at the house, and uh, there was a person complaining about their knee pain, you know? And, you know, there's, there's two ways to see people healed. You know, God can, can come on you and be like, they have this problem, and you need to pray for them. Or they can just talk about their problem, and you can pray for them. Yeah. To one's given a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, to another is given the word of observation. <laughs> the latter is the word of observation. If your faucet is leaking, you, you fix it. If somebody's limping, you fix it. Uh, Jesse's like, hey, what's going on? They start talking about their problem. And he said, do you want to see something cool? I love that. Say that with me. Do you want to see something cool? That right there, that is faith. Is that not faith? He ended up leaning in. He put his hand on the knee, and the person got totally healed right on the spot. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Wow, that's a good word right there. Aren't you glad Jesus is God and not some other weird guy? <laughs> Aren't you glad that Jesus is God? Aren't you glad that God didn't just stay up in heaven somewhere and send some angel down to like make sure that we were okay, you know, give us a couple rules and regulations to follow, that God couldn't bear to stay in heaven. He had to walk the earth and walk among us. God literally put on skin and walked among us. That's what this Christmas season is all about. Tim, good to see you. What's, what's that guy's name on there, shirt again? Olaf is on your shirt. You're, you act a lot like Olaf. You're always like, you're always like goofing off and having fun. Yeah, totally, that's it right there. I love that. I love that. Love to see Tim. I love Christmas. Um, you know, you could ask my wife, uh, Christmas used to depress me. And God delivered me. Um, it depressed me because of things that happened in my childhood and in my family. And God healed me. I love Christmas. We've been excited. We're going to Omaha right after the service. I'm flying out to, uh, I'm speaking tomorrow night and uh, we're going there. But I want to pray for people. If you're here in the room right now, I know this might be a vulnerable thing, but God's actually going to heal you right now. Um, if you feel like Christmas is a really hard season for you, God's going to touch you in a profound way. If that makes sense to you, you're like, you know what, that's me. You're talking to me right now. I want you to put your hand up. Just put your hand up anywhere in the room. Stand up for me. I know this is a bold thing. Just stand up. You just put your hand up. We're a family. 
you know, sometimes it just takes that matter of just stepping out and reaching to Jesus. If you're around these people, just stretch a hand to them, put your hand on their shoulders. I just wanna pray for them. Lord, you did it for me. You could ask my wife. I, uh, I did not like Christmas. It reminded me of things. But if Jesus Christ bore our infirmities, he bore our sickness, and it says he carried our griefs and our sorrows, that means that we don't have to live in grief and sorrow anymore in any dimension, in any season. You might walk around, you might be the happiest person the rest of the year, but for some reason, something hits you a certain time around the holidays. Lord, we, Jesus, we just thank you right now. You're setting people free all over the room. We command grief and sorrow to flee people's lives. We release blessing and joy in this season. God, we just thank you that this is a season of Christmas miracles. Christmas miracles. Go ahead and uh, if you're praying over them, just speak a word over them. If you have a scripture verse for them, say it. If you see something God's speaking to you that's encouraging, uh, if it's not encouraging, you do not say it. <laughs> if you see something that's encouraging, just speak it over them. I'm just kidding. Give me a second. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, God. While you're praying, there's uh, one of the people that's standing, uh, believe you're a girl, you get migraine headaches. So Lord Jesus is healing you right now. Lord, we just bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Let us know. I wanna hear some of these things. Just write something on our Facebook wall, on our Presence Connect Facebook wall. If you're not a member of that, join that. Presence Connect, it's on Facebook. We wanna hear these kinds of things. You know, Jesus is just as interested in your soul and your emotions as he is in your body, as he is in your spirit. He came to bring abundant life. He came to put the lonely in family. Um, you know, he, you've been adopted in Christ. You're not defined by your past. You're defined by his past, which is crucified on the cross. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful, Todd? The, the sorrowful you, the sad you, the broken you, there was no solution for that you. That you had to go to the cross and be crucified with Christ. So Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. This is not the sermon. I'm just kind of bouncing around a little bit. Goodness, it's already 1124. I don't even know what to do. We could just send everybody home or we could just have a lot of Christmas miracles. I don't know what you guys think. I really believe God's gonna do profound miracles in the service today. I want you guys to, if your expectation level's here or if it's even here, I want you to start looking through the roof because God's gonna touch people profoundly this morning. Now, Chris, why can you be so confident that God's gonna touch people? Because I know it's his will. When you know what God's will is, you can be confident in declaring what he wants to happen. Jesus said, to his disciples, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no poverty, there's no grieving. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? We've all been through different things, we've all had different things happen in our lives, but in heaven, those things do not exist. And I realize maybe there's a season for grief, there's a season for mourning. I realize that we all have things that happen in our lives that are tough and that are hard. I mean, Jesus even wept. Isn't that awesome that Jesus is fully God and fully man? Yeah. Go with me. Uh, we're going we're gonna to continue. We're in John chapter 8. Um, we're going to go through this. I'll try to go through some of it uh, quickly so we can just start praying for folks more. 
I love that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Fully God and fully man. That God put on skin. After he uh, spoke to the woman who was caught in adultery, it says this in John chapter eight, verse 12. Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So Jesus gives us an example of what it looks like to be a person in right relationship with God. And here he is giving testimony about his identity in the Father. It's interesting, isn't it? The Pharisees didn't like it. (laughs) You were testifying about yourself and your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. Isn't that awesome? That word there, uh, judge, I believe it's the Greek word krato in this one, or it could be crisis, but it's krato. It literally means to deem worthy of punishment. Jesus says, I deem (laughs) no one worthy of punishment. Isn't that interesting? Nicole preached on it last week when she preached on shame. Jesus is continuing the theme here, isn't he? But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two people is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, where is your Father? Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Jesus tells us, tells Philip in John 14, he says, Philip, have I been so long with you that you say, show me the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is some beautiful stuff here, you guys. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you wanna know what Father God's like, if you wanna know what the creator of the universe is like, look at Jesus. There's no other face in God except for the face of God in Jesus Christ. There's no you know, you know, bad side of the Father. Waiting to, waiting to squash sinners under his hand. <laughs> I remember being in a service one time and um, at the, uh, the end of the service, I saw this guy in the back of the room and he had a really sad face on. And I was like, man, I need to go talk to this guy. So I go over to him, I say, hey man, what'd you think about the service today? He says, I didn't like it. I said, oh, what didn't you like? I'm thinking maybe we just went too long or something. You know, some people, they come, they're like, man, you guys go really long. I'm like, well, we like Jesus. I mean, <laughs> we just like him a whole lot, you know? And you don't have to have two-hour services to like Jesus, but I like Jesus. I want to experience Jesus. I thought maybe he was upset about the service. He, he was upset about the miracles. It's interesting how miracles will make some people upset. I said, what, what didn't you like? He says, you talk about all these healings, and then you pray for people, and Whatever, and he, he, didn't actually, he didn't actually admit that anything happened, even though he watched a lot of miraculous stuff happen in front of his eyes. He says, you know, you need to talk about people being born again. You need to be talking about people being born again. I said, you know what? You're right. I do need to talk about people being born again more. This is really good feedback. Why don't you give me more feedback? So he gives me some more feedback. He goes on. We're going back and forth for a few minutes. I was like, that's a good word. Why don't 
What else do I need to do better? So as soon as he got all of his feedback out, the atmosphere changed. And he got quiet and he put his head down. And a tear started streaming down his face and he said, I'm afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? He said, I'm afraid I'm going to hell. And he broke down weeping on the spot. Isn't it interesting that unbelief and offense is actually rooted in fear? That's a good word, Chris. I don't know where you're getting this stuff from. These words he taught in the treasury as he taught in the temple and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Isn't that an interesting Jesus? They couldn't, they couldn't take him out until he decided. He says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down. Then he said again to them, I go away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, surely he will not kill himself, will he? Isn't it interesting how unbelief blinds us to the truth? You are from below, verse 23, and I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Jesus is giving so much testimony to himself here. It's just really interesting, isn't it? You know, he's the lion and the lamb. There's times where he's meek and he's quiet. Some of you are wondering, man, why won't God appear to me? Well, he's kind of a meek person. He said, it says, he said of himself, I'm meek and lowly of heart. Come to me, all you are heavy laden. Some of you are like, man, I want to know if God's real. How come God doesn't just appear to me? Well, he's actually really meek and lowly, but he says if you seek him with all of your heart. I might not go down that track just yet. <laughs> Giving testimony to himself. Uh, Steve shared a testimony with this week that I was reminded of. Pastor Steve, you raise your hand. I just like calling him Pastor Steve. We have the youth group at your house, so you kind of, I don't know. We'll just lay hands on you one day. It'll be good. <laughs> he was sharing with me a testimony that I'm familiar of. Um, do you guys know who Heidi Baker is? Wave at me. Uh, those of you who don't know who Heidi Baker is, she's a missionary. She went to Mozambique with no money. She gave away everything. She said, we're supposed to go to the poorest nation on the earth. It's Mozambique. They left there. They went with nothing. God says, I want you to work with children. She says, I don't even like children. Um, <laughs> She starts working with children. Fast forward, lots of encounters with Jesus Christ, his presence, his love, and uh, there's thousands upon thousands of churches. They've actually led one million people in an unreached people group to the Lord. Thousands of churches they plant in the past 20, 25 years. Incredible things, but um, one of her methods of evangelism, this is, this is her method of evangelism. She goes into a town that is unreached with the gospel, she, she stands up and in their language says, bring me the blind, bring me the deaf, bring me the lame, and my God will heal them. Now, mind you, according to their religion in this indigenous area, if, uh, if she's a false prophet, they're totally allowed to stone her. This is a pretty bold statement, isn't it? My God will heal them. That's awesome, isn't it? Well, she's giving testimony, isn't she? Like, if you bring people to me, they will be healed. It's just interesting, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> you know, the difference between confidence and arrogance, we were talking about this this week, is arrogance is self-serving, but confidence is other-serving. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. But arrogance is self-serving and confidence is other-serving.
Verse 25, so they were saying to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, what have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you. You know, there's a, there's a judgment that says, I deem you worthy of punishment. And there's a judgment that says, you're my family. There's different ways to judge. Does that make sense? Like judgment that's worthy of punishment is what Jesus says he's not into. But judgment that says, you're, doing, you're, you're following me versus you're not following me. That's a good judgment. Does that make sense? He's not saying, hey, you guys are worthy of punishment. Jesus couldn't come into the world to punish sins. He came to heal people and deliver people from their sins. Jesus isn't returning again to punish people for their sins. Jesus isn't coming again to punish people for their sins. Sin is to the soul what sickness is to the body. It's a disease that Jesus Christ has come to cure. See, if you think that Jesus is gonna punish you for your sins, you will hide in them. You might wonder why some folks are laughing during the service. It's because the joy of the Lord really is strength. Some of you guys, uh, some of us here, it, it, we've experienced God's presence before, maybe when you gave your life to the Lord, or maybe, uh, maybe you've never felt God's presence before. You're gonna have a profound encounter with God's presence today. Um, you know, that, that can look like whatever it looks like between him and you, but he's gonna touch you. I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these things I speak to the world. They did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. The, the word he's actually not in the, in the Greek. <laughs> when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am. It's interesting, isn't it? And I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. Isn't that awesome that love is always other-centered? That's why God within himself is already a family. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. I mean, that is a pretty bold statement, isn't it? As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who would believe in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you three. Uh, the word, Greek word there for truth is aletheia. It literally means reality. You will know reality, and reality will make you free. You will know how things really are. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. I'm free, brother. What's your life look like? The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. See, free indeed. Free 
I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word is no place in you. Isn't that that wild? These are the religious people. These are the people that are supposed to be representing God and they wanna kill God in the flesh. It's interesting when... um, when God moves with his power, it's incredibly offensive to all of us that are religious at heart. It's incredibly offensive when God starts to touch people with his power, when God starts to do miracles. I, I, I have it all the time, these things where I'll share a testimony with somebody in a workplace or another, you know, someone even that's in ministry or someone that's a leader. In church, and I'll share a testimony of something that Jesus Christ did and I'll notice they'll try to dodge it, you know? You ever been around somebody, you're like, man, last week we got to pray with this person and their knee got healed. And they'll be like, oh, that's really interesting. And they'll just try to dodge it. Do you know why people do that? Because if they celebrate it, it will actually enter into their life. And if they celebrate it, they'll also be responsible to duplicate it. I can't. She asked if I could say it again. I said, I don't, I can't. Get the recording. (laughs) I speak the things, verse 38, I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. Ouch, this is getting heavy, isn't it? (laughs) Don't think of the Pharisees as these guys over there. Like, they're the Pharisees. Let these verses speak to your heart. You know, let them speak to you, okay? They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to him, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. Do you know what the deeds of Abraham were? They were deeds of faith. God spoke to Abraham, said, leave your family and go to this country that I'm gonna give you. And he even tell him where to go. <laughs> he said, plant a church. He didn't even tell you where to go. Remember that? So you're going to plant a church. (laughs) (laughs) But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we are not born of fornication. Do you know why they said that to him? I won't flip there, but in uh, Luke chapter two, the angel appears to Mary and says, Mary, favored one. You're, you're favored of God. You're gonna, you're gonna give birth to a son. She's like, how can this happen? I haven't been with a man. She said, the, the angel says, Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit's gonna overshadow you and you're gonna give birth to a son and you're gonna name him, you know, he gives the whole thing. Goes on, right? That's really interesting. So from the outside, imagine the community around Mary, what it looks like. She's about to get engaged or she is engaged. She's not married yet and all of a sudden her tummy starts to get bigger. That's why they called him. They said to him, you were born of fornication. Isn't that interesting? We have one father, God. Verse 42, Jesus said to him, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. When I was 19 years old, I was in my apartment. I was sitting with a beer and the Bible and I'm reading the word and God started to be really real with me the way that he was being real with them. 
that I had, he said to me these words. He said, Chris, you say you've given me your life, but you haven't. I love you so much that I'll let you keep living the way that you're living, but you know the end of it. I knew the end of it. I could see it in front of me. I wept for two days. I got radically delivered. I got filled with the spirit in my apartment. I haven't been the same ever since. God's gonna do it for people here today. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no reality in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. The Jews answer, I'm gonna keep reading this because it's worth it, okay? It's worth it. Do we not say rightly that you are Samaritan and have a demon? I've been accused of that one. <laughs> You're in good company. If people, people look at you and they think there's something wrong with you because you have too much joy. You're in good company if people look at you and think there's something wrong with you because there's too many miracles happening through your life, in your life, and around your life. I get scared for Christians that aren't experiencing the power of God through their life because we get just enough Jesus to inoculate us from the real thing. Am I saying people aren't going to heaven? No. Am I saying that people are not Christians? No, I'm not saying those things. I'm saying that we get just enough of who he is to not recognize when he's actually moving. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon but I honor my father and you dishonor me. <laughs> I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Surely you're not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is your God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I won't be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was born, I am. Do you know what God's saying right there? God's saying that he's God. When God appeared to Moses, Moses said, who am I supposed to say, send me? God said to him, say, I am that I am sent you. That's why they immediately picked up stones to throw at him. To stone someone on the spot was for blasphemy. But Jesus literally withdrew himself and passed through their midst. That's pretty radical, isn't it? About three, four more verses here and we'll be done with the scripture part. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth and his disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. I'm gonna break up the, um, the, 
the colons and periods a little bit because in the Greek, they don't do it the same way. They actually don't have the colons and the periods and things like that. They ju- you just read through and you kind of have to make sense of it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it up and I'm gonna read it again and you guys are gonna really get something out of this. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he'd be born blind? Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. I'm gonna put the period right there. There's a semicolon in your Bible. I'm gonna put the period right there. Now read on. But in order that the works of God might be displayed in him, we must work the works of God who sent me. But in order that the works of God would be displayed, we must work them. Why is this child without food in Aleppo, Syria? Was it because of something their parents did or something they did? Neither. But in order that the works of God might be displayed, we must go and work them. I was out in uh, Riverside, California not that long ago, and there was a little girl. Um, She had been born with a clubbed foot. Um, Her foot was shorter than the other one. uh, She couldn't rest it on the ground. Her heel was up. She wore a brace on her foot. And uh, while we were ministering, uh, Jesus was healing lots of people. This little girl came up the aisle and just stood in front of us. Um, And I, I just looked to her. I said, what do you want, little one? And she goes, my feet. I didn't know what was wrong, so I said, okay, that's no problem for Jesus. It never is a problem for Jesus, is it? Say it's not too big of a problem for Jesus. Turn your eyes unto Jesus. Look full at his wonderful face. Things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of faith, nothing's impossible. So I didn't know what was actually even fully going on. I leaned over and I touched her feet. And I said, let's walk around a little bit. So she walks around. I said, what's going on? She says, they don't hurt anymore. Well, her mom starts weeping because from birth, her heel has been off the ground. And now she's walking around the room perfectly normal. There's a brace in the chair sitting next to her. Her mom just starts weeping. She's overwhelmed by God. I start crying. I'm overwhelmed by God. We all get overwhelmed by God when you start worshiping. Just because somebody's born with something doesn't mean it's God's heart for them to stay there. We were all born in different situations in our family, sin, issues, things that have gone on for generations. It's not God's will for those soulish issues to be there. It's not God's will for those physical issues to be there. This is always true. This is 100% true all the time. If you have an argument with it, take it up with Jesus. He healed everyone who came to him and he sought people out that didn't feel like they had faith. He sought people out that didn't feel like they had it together and he healed them too. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as his day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Isn't that interesting that Jesus heals? He announces that he's the light of the world. He gives this big dissertation to those Pharisees that are blind. And then he heals a man who was born blind. Revealing that he is the light of the world. I'm going to share one more testimony and we're just going to start praying for folks. Uh, When God's power starts to move in a place, faith skyrockets. 
I remember uh, I was down in Mexico City. We were preaching to a room of about 1,200 people. And the Holy Spirit started moving in a profound way. Um, felt led to pray for the band, so we had the band come up. Well, uh, before we were able to lay hands on them, the power of God hit the whole band, about 12, 16 people. The power of God hit them. They all exploded backwards and hit the ground and started vibrating on the ground. Now, if you, if you stick your finger in an electric socket, you might shake a little bit. You know, when your life gets plugged into God, you might, there might be some reaction. You know, there might be a little extra joy that comes out. There might be a little extra tears that come out. There might be a little bit of shake. There might be a little bit of bake. There might be something that happens. Like, like you don't judge trees by how they shake in the wind. You judge them by their fruit. You judge them by their fruit. You know, my buddy Howard back there was the one that was laughing earlier. You guys don't realize, but Howard, see, there he is, he moved. But... Howard just told me like multiple testimonies as we came in the door, people getting healed. I'm like, all right, like maybe you were offended that there was a guy laughing in the back of the room. How many folks have you seen healed this week? (laughs) Now, if that stung, it's okay because we need to let these things sting us. We need to let his word transform us. I told you earlier, offense is the language of fear. Because fear seeks to stay in control instead of letting God be God. We are so enraptured with ourselves, we want to be in control of everything that we don't even let God into church sometimes. We're like, oh, you can, you can be in church this much, but not that much. I'm okay with Jesus, but you know, Holy Spirit, I don't know about him. He's God. That's what I know about him, and he's love, and there's no transformation without him. Power God hit these dozen people. The power God hit the catchers behind those people. And the power God hit the catchers behind the catchers. <laughs> About 20 people on the ground. As soon as that happened, miracles started breaking out all over the room. People started running to the front. You see, when people see power, they, their faith explodes through the roof. They're like, God's moving. I have to get over there. A woman came up. She had cancerous tumors in her breast. They caused horrible pain. She came up to the front. We touched her. As soon as we touched her, she hit the ground. She got back up. No tumors, no pain. A little boy, this mom brought her little boy up. It literally was like Bible times. You know, you're, in, you're having these like out-of-body type moments, and it's like you're watching what's happening, and like all these people are around, and they're, did you go to Mexico City with us one time? We got to go to Mexico City. I wish you did too. Uh, the power of God was moving around. They brought this little kid up. This little boy had never stood on his own, never walked in his entire life. We grabbed his legs and just started to move his legs. And in a period of about 30 seconds to a minute, he's standing on his own for the first time in his life. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Um, I didn't ask for this, but uh, could Gus maybe come back up and just strum if he's still here or maybe Tommy? Just strum. We're just gonna uh, pray for folks. Jesus comes into the earth during the Christmas season and he comes to release love which casts out fear. He comes to release faith that gets rid of unbelief. All of us, we feel like we're in different places with our faith. All of us feel like we're in different places. Maybe you feel like one of those Pharisees, you know, maybe you're hearing those verses, you're like, man, this is like, that's me right there. Jesus is talking about me. Maybe you feel like, you know, you're the person that was born blind and you feel like that person in whatever area of your life. And you're like, man, is, maybe there's, this is the way God just made me. This is the way things are, have to stay. 
I remember uh, I was on the streets of Haiti and we were preaching one time and uh, there was a person that had died. Uh, they were on the streets and we were trying to raise them from the dead. We were laying hands on them and a crowd gathered around. And it was about a week after the earthquake and so there's a bunch of rocks around. So if the, if the meeting doesn't go well, we could be in a lot of trouble. A bunch of stones, a bunch of rocks around. So we're preaching, miracles start happening all over the place and they bring us a blind woman, completely blind. They, she, they're, they're shoveling her around. They bring her up to us. We put our hands on her head and we take our hands off to make a preaching point and she starts screaming in Creole, I can see, I can see, I can see. And she starts describing the scene around her. You know, nothing's impossible with God. And when you turn your eyes on Jesus, faith comes alive. I want you guys to stand with me. Um, I just feel like God wants to, in this Christmas season, release incredible miracles of faith. I feel like God wants to stir the gift of faith in our heart. He wants to stir the manifestation of faith that would stand against impossibilities, whether there's sickness, whether there's impossibilities, you're gonna be going home and seeing family soon again. Maybe you feel like things are impossible in your family to change. God is gonna do what you feel like has been impossible when you turn your eyes upon him. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.